You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans who are listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Now on today's show, we have a new report amidst the lockout about the New York Mets and their spending by John Heyman, who in some respects had a contrary report to what Andy Martino had last week that the Mets might be done making significant additions. John Heyman says there's still a possibility they do make another big splash. In the first segment, I'm going to do what I like to call uh, Mets Beat Theater, where I'm going to go through Heyman's reporting, how that contradicts or is different from Martino's reporting, and some of the back and forth we saw on Twitter today. In the second segment, I want to talk about a Scott Boris wrinkle to this tweet by John Heyman that I think is not being talked about anywhere else. So I want to get into my hypothesis on that. And then the final segment, based on Heyman's tweet, I will talk about how the Mets could get to $300 million when it comes to their payroll, but how they could do that without making the big splash he's alluding to. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at JustBaseball.com. Now, I want to get right into what I like to call Mets Beat Theater, a new segment we're going to do here on the show where there's something that happens on the Mets Beat that is just uh, akin to a soap opera. You know, just the drama starts. And that's what we saw today when John Heyman sent out a tweet where he said that he had heard the Mets might consider signing another significant pitcher and hitter once the lockout ends on top of Scherzer, Marte, Cannon, and Escobar. If so, the $270 million payroll could approach $300 million. Now, at the end of the show today, I'm going to talk about how the Mets might realistically get to that $300 million payroll without making a significant signing. But I want to get to the Mets beat theater which was that this is a report that contradicts Andy Martino's reporting last week. Now, Andy Martino was very quick to brush off that notion today, saying that their reports line up, the Mets are interested in adding pitching. He said that last week. And there's a very significant or or insignificant phrase in each report that lends to both of them being viable and both of them syncing up. But if you just look at the surface level reporting, Last week, Andy Martino said the Mets were done adding significant players, but he did say probably. They were probably done making significant free agent signings. They were still interested in adding a starting pitcher and a couple of bullpen arms. The focus was squarely on pitching, was Andy Martino's reporting. Now, he said that that could change, and that is what he reiterated today, that anything could change, but... When you have that report on is it Thursday or Friday, and then the following Monday, John Heyman comes out with a report that is contrary to that, it is going to lead some, like Pat Regazzo, another Mets beat writer for Sports Illustrated, who we've had 
on this show a bunch to point out that there was some differences in the reporting. And all Pat said was, this is what I'm hearing. What Pat heard was that several sources said to him that uh, the belief was the Mets would prioritize pitching in depth after the lockout ended in order to avoid a repeat of last season when they ran out of arms, which aligned with Martino's reporting, but noted that John Heyman heard something a little bit different because part of his reporting was that the Mets could add a significant hitter or pitcher. Now, the reason why this is Mets beat theater is because Andy Martino says uh, this. He said, some people out there trying to stir up that John and I have conflicting reports. Here I am talking about it. Maybe I'm part of those stirring the pot, right? Yeah, I'm trying to cause drama here, but hey, it's a lockout. That's what we're all doing. We're all looking for content. So here's what Martino said. Some are out there trying to stir up that John and I have conflicting reports. It's kind of annoying, he said. Read last week's SNY story. It's likely New York Mets are done adding a big name hitters, but one must allow for the possibility that Cohen orders a change in course. So if you just look at that, a possibility that they're likely done, the Mets um, could consider, might consider, what was Heyman's report, where you have Martino saying likely. So they all hedge because no one knows what's going to happen. You know, at the end of the lockout, Freddie Freeman and Carlos Rodon could both sign with the Braves and suddenly Steve Cohen could hit the panic button and say, you know what, Billy, here's an extra $60 million in payroll. Go out and get me Chris Bryant and Clayton Kershaw. You never know what's going to happen. That's why everyone hedges. Because you can't be reporting facts when you're in the middle of a lockout and there's nothing factual to be reported on. There's no transactions that can happen. And things can change drastically in a week, in, in three days, you know, the, the time between these two reports, you know, in multiple weeks, in a month. Who knows how long this lockout can drag out? So we have no idea what the Mets are really going to do. But what I will say is if you just think about this logically, I would follow the Martino and Regazzo line of thinking of the pitching being prioritized because the Mets did already make significant improvements to their position player core. You already added three starting level players. There's not many teams that are going to turn over half of their lineup in an offseason, no matter how bad they were offensively last year especially when you still have players like Pete Alonzo, like Francisco Lindor, like Jeff McNeil that were all all all-stars previously, and Brandon Nimmo as well, who can be an all-star caliber player. So I look at all this reporting, and as I am, you know, making a podcast about today, I'm talking about it, I'm almost brushing it all off, though, because, you know, Martino's out here, he wants to bash the loud minorities, poor reading comprehension, and all these highfalutin, uh, you know, observations he's making about how how people are running with these stories, but that's what is going to happen when there's literally no baseball news. You know, I was supposed to talk today about bullpen options that the Mets could add. Last last or yesterday's show, I talked about lefties. Today, I was going to talk about righties. I'll do that tomorrow. I have three, four, five weeks maybe to talk about bullpen options because we're in the middle of the lockout. So, uh, look, all of this stuff, to me, is, is a little bit ridiculous. I do think it's, it's noteworthy to talk about, but when I read that report today from John Heyman, I did not immediately go into my mind and say, oh, Chris Bryant's back on the table. I didn't immediately say, oh, Carlos Rodon's going to be a Met. 
I thought about who their agent was, though. And I thought about his connection with John Heyman. That's where my mind went. Not towards what the Mets were doing, but towards what John Heyman was doing. Because sometimes when you hear a report, you have to not just think about what's being said on the surface level, but what could be leading to that report. And to me, what I read was just Scott Boris propaganda. That's how I read it. And that's my personal lens. I could be wrong. But in a minute, what I want to do is explain how I took that tweet. Because to me, what that was, was Scott Boris trying to continue to use the Mets as that that figure in, in free agent talks. When he gets to that point, he wants the Mets in all these conversations because it drives up the price for his players, who are all significant free agents. And the Mets are done adding significant free agents, and that that notion gets around the league, then he can't use them when he's talking to another team trying to drive up prices. I'll get into that a little bit more in just a minute. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It'll make it so much easier to stick to your resolution because Built Bars taste so good, you'll actually want to eat them. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy, Built Bars are soft and easy to chew. They come covered in 100% real chocolate, and there's so many different flavors you can choose from. Whether it's the coconut almond bar, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, you have my personal favorite cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. And if you want to try Built Bar today, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 or 15% off at Built.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while you wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry, when instead, you can just go to rockauto.com on your phone or at home, you can save 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same parts that are available at the chain store or new car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business that has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have reliable low prices for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, so I want to pick up where I left off talking about the Scott Boris element to this report by John Heyman. And look, I, I don't have any real information that links Scott Boris to this tweet, but we do know for a fact that John Heyman has been a mouthpiece for Scott Boris in the past, and it serves him very well. He's able to be first on a lot of big news when you are in Scott Boris's pocket or it's a you know mutually beneficial relationship. So I'm not knocking him and I'm not knocking Boris. They're doing their jobs. But if the thought is that there was a Met source that that leaked that to John Heyman, where does that serve the Mets? How does it benefit the Mets to have this notion out there that they're still going to be big spenders? 
It gets the fan base all riled up. Whereas the reporting that Martino had, the reporting that Regazzo had, would calm the fan base down and lower the expectations. It would serve a purpose in that there was Mets fans out there that were expecting, if not demanding, a Chris Bryant signing. And you could quell that a bit before you get to the other end of this lockout. Because once you get out of this lockout, I do think that the idea is not going to be let's get into a lengthy negotiation with Scott Boris over Chris Bryant on a on a six or a seven year deal. I think it's we got to hit the ground running. We got to find the value. We got to find the the bullpen arms we can get in our price range. We got to find the uh, starting pitcher that we like. We got to go out and, and try to trade a, a JD Davis or a Dominic Smith to clear up a spot in our bench so we can have a real fourth outfielder or so we can make another addition in free agency if we want to sign back a Jonathan VR or 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 get a Tommy Pham, whoever you want to bring in. That makes some sense with the Mets line of thinking. Putting out there that they are still in, in the mix for a significant free agent acquisition, it doesn't really serve the Mets, but it certainly serves Scott Boris, who represents Carlos Rodon, who represents Chris Bryant, who represents Carlos Correa. All of these free agents that are going to hit the market that are going to be in a position to get nine-figure deals where Scott Boris is going to call up all of these owners, and I'm sure he'll call Steve Cohen. He doesn't call GMs. He calls owners. He calls the guys that are actually cashing the checks and sells them on why you know Chris Bryant is the missing piece to the Mets winning the World Series this year. He talks them up how Chris Bryant, you know, former MVP, looks great and training this whole lockout. He's going to hit 40 home runs. Trust me, he's the guy. You know, don't pay attention to any. You know, defensive man, he, he's a great versatile defender and, and you put him into your team and you have a, a guy that can compete for MVPs, be an all-star every single year for the next six years. Why would you not want Chris Bryant? Give me $300 million for Chris Bryant. Uh, that's how those conversations go where he's going to go straight to the owner and, and try to get that big check. And maybe Steve Cohen concedes. I'm not saying there's no chance the Mets sign Chris Bryant. I'm not saying they're not going to get Carlos Rodon. But what I am saying is that there's been far more reporting that I've linked the Mets to, uh, you know, YK, our boy from the Mariners. Let me get this name right. Uh, Yose Kikochi. Mm, it just doesn't roll off the tongue for me. Try one more time. Yose Kikochi. I think I got it that time. There's been a ton of reports linking the Mets to YK to be the starting pitcher to fill out their rotation. Would he be a significant pitcher that would fall in line with John Heyman's reporting? Not necessarily, but, you know, he would fill a need for the Mets. Carlos Rodon would be significant, but are the Mets going to dip their toes in those waters? There's really been no concrete connection there, and I don't know if they are going to shell out another $25 million for a free agent. Well, they already did that with the, the big-ticket item of Max Scherzer, and they got you know pretty close to that with Starling Marte, and they also – gave out significant salaries to Eduardo Escobar and Mark Canna. So again, my whole point in all of this is that the the crop of free agents that stand to benefit the most from this report today are all Boris clients. And I think it was more about keeping the Mets in the mix than anything else. And again, this is me reading tea leaves. This is me turning a, a tweet into a podcast in the middle of a lockout because we're all searching for content. 
I do think that the Mets will get close to a $300 million payroll, though. That's part of John Heyman's tweet that I do believe. But I've been saying that all offseason. And in a minute, I'm going to lay out how the Mets could very easily get to $300 million with where they're at right now with the additions that they still have to make and with those additions not being of the significant variety. So how could the Mets get to $300 million without adding a Chris Bryant or a Carlos Rodon or a Carlos Correa? Very simply. Like I think I've talked about this previously, but if not, if you look at the Mets payroll right now, according to Spotrack, their projected number already comes in at $264 million. Now you factor in roughly $20 million in luxury tax payments. You're talking about a $284 million team before you add even another reliever. Okay, so the idea the Mets might get to be a $300 million team, they're going to be a $300 million team. Now, John Heyman was talking about you know a $300 million payroll before you get to the taxes. And maybe the Mets don't quite get there. They're still you know $35 million short of that. Could they spend less than that and still address their bullpen and their rotation? Potentially, but again, the starting pitcher they've been linked to the most is our guy YK from the Mariners, Yose Kikochi. He declined a $13 million player option for this upcoming season. Now, it was an interesting contract where the Mariners could have kept him on a four-year $66 million deal. They declined their option to do that. He then was given an option for $13 million in 2022, but it was only a one-year deal, so he declined that, likely wanted more years. You can imagine that bare minimum he's going to get to that 13 number. And if he wants, let's just say, a three-year deal at least, talking like three years, $40 million, right there, that's adding in you know 13 and change onto that $264 million payroll. You're already sniffing 280. Let's just say you sign Andrew Chafin as well, the guy I talked about a lot on yesterday's show. Well, if he gets loop money, which was two for 17 or even just shy of that, and let's just say two for 16 to make it even, that's $8 million. So $8 million added to you know 13 and change, that's 21. Okay, you're at 285. Again, before you make any other additions. And that's still with the arbitration numbers having to come in and everything else having to get finalized. But roughly 285 million, you're already calculated to have $20 million in luxury tax fees before you add somebody else. So let's just say, you know, to do easy math because I'm not an accountant and I'm <laughs> very inequipped to go through all of the complexities of the luxury tax with you. But let's just say that it's it's 25 million in taxes on top of you know what you already have. So that's that's the 285 put 25 onto that. You're already well over a 300 million dollar team when it comes to how much money Steve Cohen has to pay on payroll. Now you know, I think you're kind of getting into semantics, whether it's a 285 or a 300 million, it's going to be an expensive team regardless. But when it comes to how the Mets plan out the rest of their free agency, as I alluded to before, I just think that they have to make a lot of additions across the board. And I think the market's going to move so quick that you're going to want to be on the phone with as many agents as possible, trying to bring in guys on minor league deals. There's so many things that has to happen. 
that I don't think it's the wisest use of time and resources to get on the phone with Scott Boris and try to iron out a complicated six or seven year deal for some of his clients here. I think those are going to be very complicated negotiations. And if I look at the Mets roster, I just don't think that a Chris Bryant moves the needle enough that it would be worth it to potentially go through that whole process for Bryant to sign in Seattle and, and get you know a, a team like that, a small market team who wants another big fish to maybe overspend even more than the Mets are willing to. And then suddenly you're left having missed out on some of your other depth options while you were going down the road on this Bryant thing. But again, we don't know what Cohen's going to want to do. As I said, if the Braves are aggressive, maybe the Phillies make some big splashes at the other end of the lockout. Maybe they're just looking at the National League as a whole and they want to compete with the Dodgers. And maybe Steve Cohen decides, I'm already all in. You know, I just made however much money yesterday on the stock market. So, hey, you know what? Who cares? Let's just let's just do it. And maybe he will be that big spender. And we'll celebrate that here on Locked on Mets. But all of this reporting right now that's going on, you just have to take everything that you hear and read with a grain of salt. What we can do during this lockout is talk about how this team fits together and talk about some realistic options to build out this team and I think the, the main place that we need to be addressing right now when it comes to conversation is looking at the bullpen arms because that is the one part of this team that has yet to be addressed this offseason. All they have done is lose Aaron Loop, lose Heath Henry, Brad Hand, Jerry's Familia, all guys that were pitching pretty significant innings for the Mets down the stretch last year. So they're going to have to make some moves. We talked about it on yesterday's show and on tomorrow's show, assuming John Heyman or Andy Martino or Pat Regazza or anybody else doesn't give us another tweet to react to in the middle of a lockout, I will get back to the bullpen conversation, talk about Ryan Tapera and some other right-handed options that could really help those late innings for the New York Mets. But that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked On Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show, at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Locked on Bets is where you want to go for all your daily gambling needs. You can follow Locked on Bets wherever you get podcasts.